This is Sunbelt Commissioner Keith Gill, and I listen to the Funbelt Podcast. If you didn't know before, now you know why they call this the Funbelt. Very excited about the Sunbelt. You know, while other conferences have been breaking up, our conference has become stronger. The state of Sunbelt football is the strongest in our history. I saw Funbelt Conference, and I'm like, I don't know what this is. I got to join the show. It sounds a lot of fun. Magic Pipes activated. Welcome back to another Fun Belt podcast. With me as always, Dusty Thibodeau from the Warhawk Report, Shane Metlin from the Daily News Record, popular East Coast newspaper, and we have a special guest celebrity. We have a celebrity analyst tonight, Kara Ritchie, joining us from Jonesboro, Arkansas. Kara, like Kara, you have like a thousand different titles if you wouldn't mind sharing with uh, sharing them with us right now we'd really appreciate that all right let me take a deep breath uh, <laughs> monday through friday i am the host of the workday red zone on the ticket radio network uh that is uh, from noon to two and of course that airs in jonesboro or streams online at 95.3 theticket.com on arkansas state football game days I have two different roles. I host Wolf House, which if it is a away game, is the pregame to the pregame. If it's a home game, is the postgame. Uh, alongside Justin Clifton, we recap everything that happened. And then additionally, uh, that airs, by the way, on 107.9 K-Fine. And then additionally, I am the, I guess, uh, the, the, the host of the official EAB Red Wolves Network, uh, Sports Network pregame show, the Arkansas Ford Dealers Tailgate Show. So that starts two hours before kickoff, also on a state football game days. I think that's it. Well, that's a that's a mouthful. That's a lot. But I, if I recall, Wolf House, the post game show, used to have live call in, and you guys kind of stopped doing that. Is there a reason for that? You're uh, the reason, Jeremy. Well, <laughs> I kept calling in heavy breathing. Can I drop <laughs> f bombs on the pod because that's what happened? Yeah, well, sure. Time. Yeah, that's <laughs> why we have it. That was uh, no. There was you know. Every great once in a while, you just have like one inseparable douchebag who decides to ruin everybody's fun, and that's kind of what we ran into a little bit on on Wolf Pals. But that's all right, you know. The past couple of years since we we stopped taking the phone calls, we brought in an additional guest host. Last year it was um, standout former offensive lineman Jacob Steele. This year, uh, former All Sun Belt selection Justin Clifton. So I, I kind of like this setup because now when we do these and we get to recap certain plays and things like that, like I feel smarter when I'm getting to sit next to somebody who has played that much football and played it at a high level, and then they get to break down, you know, what went right and what went wrong. It's been yeah, like I've been listening to Justin Clifton, and he does kind of give you that extra sort of insight into what's yeah. going on with the defense that you normally wouldn't be able to keep up. So I, I know you guys probably aren't listening to, to the Wolf House in Jonesboro. You probably don't get that reception in Houston and way out there on the East Coast, Shane. But it's a wonderful show. It's great to have Kara on board. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. 
Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. She has an encyclopedic knowledge of the Sun Belt. So we, we're just like cockroaches when it comes to the compared to her knowledge base. Yeah, so because she was the one at Sunbelt Media Days that found out about the play-by-play and radio guys' uh, text feed. So, so, Kara, have you been able to see any excerpts from this legendary, mysterious feed? No, no. There's, uh, I, I still have yet to be invited to the group chat. So there's there is a there is a play by play broadcaster group chat. There is an AD group chat in the Sun Belt. Um, at this point in time, at least at Sun Belt Media Day, there was no Sun Belt head coaches group text. But you know the the, the it, it can still happen. You know the season is young. You never know. But uh, unfortunately, I have not seen any excerpts for any of from any of those conversations at this point. I think like a head co- Sun Belt head coaches group text would mostly be. Kurt Signetti just totally ending all threads with like a strange and and unnerving like a gif, you know, like some kind of thing that would just make you kind of God, what's he talking about? Oh my oh, god, yeah, yeah. a gif of himself. <laughs> he uses a lot more emojis and text oh, than you would guess. I was yeah. about to ask if 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 he gifts, he seems very intense. Yeah. He is very intense. He's probably more likely to join join a group chat without Jamie Chadwell in the mix too. So <laughs> I feel like those two are like the complete opposite guys too. They, they they look like the two guys that would end up like the cop, the straight and narrow cop, and then the 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 sort of rookie cop that breaks all the rules, and they then they somehow get together and solve the crime. That's that's that would be a great show. Chadwell and Signetti. Are you kidding me? We should pitch that. You know, I tried at one point in time to talk up like a, a Sunbelt Network channel. Yeah. Where yeah. you could have like, uh, oh gosh. Um, and well, at the time, like Danny Casper was the head coach at Texas State. So there would have been like keeping up with the Caspers. And there would have been <laughs> the real housewives of Statesboro. And unfortunately, I just cannot get anybody else on board with me. It was really frustrating. I thought it was I would totally watch a Real Housewives of Statesboro. I bet that would be nothing but drama. But ex- smooth segue here. Speaking of drama, last night, did you guys all catch that game? I just want to know. I'm gonna raise a hand. Did everybody catch that game last night? Appalachian State versus Coastal Carolina in Boone, a full house at, in Boone. Did everybody see it? I tried to, but I was tired Oh my God. from a weekend trip. And- oh, okay. I did watch the highlight package also. Okay. Metlin? I saw the highlights too. I Oh, my God. I saw it from top to bottom. Kara, tell me you saw the whole game. I had it on the whole time. I paid attention in the first quarter. I paid attention in the fourth quarter. I kind of zoned uh-huh. out in, in the middle. But to be fair, at the very beginning, it looked like Coastal might run away with it. Yes. Of course, of course App you know, got it together, made it a game. It was very competitive throughout. And really, it, it was kind of everything I wanted to see from – from being like a Sunbelt fan without necessarily a rooting interest because, 
you had some you had some good moments you had some crazy plays and then at the end it got weird and those are always my favorites yeah there was a lot of talk about maybe a repeat of the crystal ball kneeling fiasco didn't happen but i tell you what was a fiasco was that appalachian state backfield in the first quarter it was constantly coastal carolina run run deep pass big play it's like they couldn't figure out the formula and then suddenly appalachian state buttoned down and figured it out but maybe a little bit too late maybe it was just too much to overcome those two touchdowns grayson mccall at times looked like the old grayson mccall and coastal carolina at times looked like the old interesting coastal carolina <laughs> playing that jamie caldwell kind of offense and then sometimes it didn't so much what I found wild about that game was actually, you know, Grayson McCall set a career high in passing yards in that game. And it was only somewhere in the neighborhood of 370, 373 passing yards. Yeah. It was nuts because I swear to God, the first time he played against A-State, he threw for at least 500 yards. So I was stunned to learn that tidbit uh, last night. But, you know, you think about the, the coastal offenses of the Chadwell era. One, they were also excellent at running the ball. So they had a good balance. And then, you know, and then also McCall's been able to make plays with his legs as well in his career. So when you really stop to think about it, it wasn't that staggering, but it just kind of, it, I was, it caught me off guard. I was surprised when they said that last night on the broadcast. You yeah. know, you mentioned the tidbits of the game. Yeah. The one that surprised me, Lane Hatcher was number two in yes. passing <laughs> career, <laughs> passing touchdowns. I did not know that. And he, he threw the majority of those touchdowns for us, for Arkansas state. Yeah. How did I not know that? I mean, it makes sense. I guess if you go back and think about it, because the year that Lane Hatcher's first year as a starter, uh, when he came in and, and took over after Bonner got hurt, he was throwing to one of, if not the best wide receiving cores ever in Sunbelt history. So those dudes could catch anything and everything. So when you think about it like that, it's it kind of you, you kind of get it that that team did a lot of damage through the air and and. He threw a lot of touchdowns his first season. If I recall, Hatcher's M.O. was throw it up in the sky and let Adams or Omar Bayless or or, or Merritt catch the ball. Like yeah. he didn't really have – he just had to throw it in the vicinity and he was going to get get a touchdown pass. So, yeah, so the final score, what, 27-24? Oh, yes. Karma. Score. Hmm? Karma. Yeah. Karma. <laughs> uh, field goal made. And a lot of people kind of unhappy now with Sean Clark. Uh, Shane, do you think that's fair? I, I, I say it to you, Shane, because you have a history of pissing off the the Mountaineer fan base. So I throw it to you in an attempt for you to sort of, I don't know, a, a, to, to smooth over, to spackle over your bad reputation. I think it's fair. I mean... The pieces are in place in Boone to be better than a 500 team. And that's what they've been for the last year and a half. And so I think, you know, the criticism's fair. They made some changes that so far haven't seemed to make a huge difference. And, you know, eventually, eventually that's going to, you know, the buck's going to stop at the top, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and th yeah, to be fair, didn't really have much Nate Noel in that game. I feel like uh, when you're missing your, your big playmaker, it's kind of hard to beat the Chanticleers. But yeah, people unhappy with Sean Clark. Tibbs, is that fair? Is Clark on the hottest seat in the Sun Belt? Unjustly, I would say so. But I, I don't think that they actually pull the trigger 
but I do think that App State fan has that expectation that they mm-hmm. are a double-digit win team year in and year out. Whether or not that's a fair expectation, I don't think that it is. But I, I think that Sean Clark is still trying to battle maybe some things behind the scenes that we saw last year kind of rear themselves. I don't think that they were fully settled coming into this year, and we're seeing it again, where App State has glimpses of what they're capable of, but they're just not able to put it all together week in and week out. Yeah, it seems like they have a lot of lapses of just mistakes. Things that, you know, you like nor like it used to be. There was not a more professionally run football team than Appalachian State. They were just they just seemed to go about their business in such a in fact when we had uh, the Sickos committee on the on the on the program it was like that was like the opposite of Coastal Carolina. If Coastal Carolina was freewheeling and 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 sort of uh, uh, spur of the moment, and they sort of made up plays as they went along. <laughs> Appalachian State just always seemed well scripted. Like from like the whole sixty minutes was a, a scripted play for them. I will say this about Boone though: they really did the Sun Belt proud. Yeah. On a Tuesday night, filling up that stadium. Uh, somebody said something like 18,000 people live in Boone. I don't know how many people live in Boone, but they were all there, it seemed, that night, plus some. Uh, that that was a great crowd, and that's a credit to the Sun Belt, a credit for us. Thank you very much, Boone, for showing out on a Tuesday night. We've had Tuesday night games before in the Sun Belt to empty houses, and we always shrug and go, well, you know, it's a Tuesday night. Not in Boone. In Boone, it was a holiday. So uh, that's just another feather in the cap for the Sun Belt. I missed who the player was, but my favorite part of that game was the post-game celebration. Of course, App State fan is throwing their beers half drunk, maybe full, maybe empties onto the field. Here comes Coastal Carolina offensive lineman, of course, doing the good old DX. I like to think (laughs) maybe he was gripping something, but who knows? Takes one of the beers thrown at him. And does his best impersonation of Georgia's Georgia Southern player and chugs that baby down. He is so lucky it wasn't full of tobacco juice, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly there's like a 50% chance it was full of like skull juice in there. But uh good for him. <laughs> I guess he got the right combination. All right. I think it I think guys, unless we have other business to discuss, it might be time for second and short. I love it, sir. All right, good. All right, second and short. All right, so here are the rules. Second and short, we try to keep analyze all games of the week of the Sun Belt. We try to keep it under two minutes, although it can get a long, little longer this time because we have a, a brief but penetrating slate of Sun Belt to look at. Uh, what I do is I introduce the games, and then we do a little round robin where we discuss the games, all of us, and make sort of our consensus opinion. So if you guys are ready, I'm ready. For second and short. All right. All games. We just discussed the Tuesday game. All other games are played Saturday, October 14th. All these times I'm going to mention are Central Standard Time. I'm very sorry for you, uh, Shane, but uh, it, you're going to have America's to time. <laughs> it is America's time. <laughs> Communist time is Eastern time. Central time zone, that's America's time. You forced me to have to add an hour every week, and I've <laughs> finally just accepted the fact that you're never going to 
never going to play to my audience. I, I, I am sure with your big East Coast education, you can do it. But all right. so We'll settle the difference. We'll do everything on Pacific. <laughs> <laughs> but we're measuring everything in meters and, and centimeters. So that should even it all out. All right. So first, first, what? Hang on. Are we done? All right. First game of the of the of the of, of the Saturday, eleven a.m. ESPN two, four and one Georgia Southern, five and zero oh, James Madison. On ESPN two, the Dukes are four and a half point favorites. I'm telling you, I don't know. I I, I don't know. This might be the most dangerous game on the slate for the Dukes. We keep say, here's what we keep saying about the Dukes. And it may or may not be true. You can pass on the Dukes. The Dukes uh, secondary, a little inexperienced, a little young. But here's what the Dukes figured out. If you're pressuring the quarterback with a tough defensive line, you don't have to worry about your quarterback, make, uh, the opposing quarterback making big plays because he's running for his life. Shane, what do you expect out of this game? I don't know what to expect until we see what the weather looks like. Cause I Ooh. think that's going to be a big factor this weekend, okay. 70% chance of rain. And they're thinking it could be heavy and all day, basically um, think that could affect both teams. Think it could affect the crowd. So, you know, it's kind of a wait and see as far as that goes, because which team does that affect more? I'm really not sure. Georgia Southern ranks ninth nationally in passing. Is that going to be the difference? Uh, Carol Ritchie. Uh, I like James Madison in, in this one. They're just the top dog right now for me, unless in, in, until somebody knocks them off. And even though there's been a few scares along the way, I just feel like they're a pretty complete team um, in a lot of different aspects. I do feel like there should be, and, and there's not going to be, which is unfortunate. I do feel like there should be more appreciation um, nationally and, and league-wide as well in terms of what Helton has done at Georgia Southern. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, so Georgia Tech is still, in some ways, trying to figure out how to get away from a triple option offense, and and Georgia Southern did it in in year one, and now they just continue to build on that. The way they've turned into such a pass heavy attack and, and a good pass heavy attack with good receivers and a good quarterback has been really impressive to see. But I'm I'm, I'm picking the Dukes. So Carter Bradley uh, Thibodeau was picked off twice. The last time the Dukes played, they 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 played South Alabama, and and really gave Carter Bradley a hard time. Is Davis Brin? Is he in with his history for throwing a lot of picks? Will he kind of suffer the same fate? No doubt he will. But I still feel that this is going to be another game where, regardless of his interceptions, the Georgia Southern offense is going to more than make up for it some way or another. And if all else fails, I mean, Kyle Van Treese is the sideline reporter. So, I mean, they have a good, what? solid backup option. Is that so, true? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, so, if that's the case, I mean, the Eagles are going to win it. And, I mean, I know Signetti's going to hunt me down. I'm, like, going to fall oh, and, and, and you know, be ran over by a horse and carriage or something like that. But I, I still feel that this is Helton's year to get second place in the East – and it, it all starts with this win over James Madison so that they can find their way atop the East standings or in the top two to be able to advance to the Sunbelt Conference Championship. Everybody raise a glass to Dusty Thibodeau. His last night on earth, as the last thing you will see, is the sneering, snarling face of a vengeful Kurt Signetti. 
with his hat. <laughs> so later in the day, 2.30 p.m. on the CBS Sports Network, which I, I'm beginning to think might be the best sports network for the Sun Belt. They always seem to have their homework done. They're very respectful at the halftime. They don't talk about Colorado for 20 minutes. Troy. Yeah. <laughs> Troy four and two at Army two and three. The Trojans are only a four and a half point favorite in this game. Kara, why is why are the Trojans only a four and a half point favorite in this game? Because it's going to be low scoring. Because Army does that's what Army does. They hold the ball forever. So when you've got possessions that are at a premium and just a lower amount of drives in the game, then you're not going to necessarily see typically that that high you know, that high line. Um, I don't think it's necessarily an indication of, of not having faith in Troy or not thinking they can go out and win big. It's just, it's going to be a low score game. The over under is, is 43. That's hands down the lowest over under in, in the belt. I mean, it's, it's 21 points less than the over under for ULM in Texas state. So it's not, it's, it's not that Troy is not going to have a successful day. It's just points are going to be the premium. So uh, so I I feel comfortable with with Troy covering, but again, just a low scoring game. Dusty, the Trojans have limited their last two opponents, Georgia State and Arkansas State, to just one touchdown, a total of ten points. Is Troy's defense really just 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 as unlike just as unforgiving as unseating? As it sounds, I mean, Georgia State, pretty good team. Arkansas State was firing on all cylinders on offense before running against Troy. Is Troy's defense the real thing? Some weeks, yes. Ah. I think they're still a little inconsistent, but when they're on, they're on. But I think the one consistency that the Troy Georgians have had all year long is that offense. And especially with uh, Vidal in the backfield, I mean, Army's surrendered an average of 165 yards a game on the defense. They don't have what it takes to really slow down that, that rushing attack. And even in the season opener against ULM, it was the running game that would really was the difference to propel the Warhawks to that glorious one and O victory on the season. I think it's once again, the Trojans, I think it's another squeaker like last year. Cause if you remember, it was a 10, nine game. Yeah. I think it's yeah. another tight knit game. But the Sun Belt's coming home two and zero against Army. <laughs> so Shane, the Black Knights are still pretty good at running, even though they've reportedly changed their offensive scheme. They're still averaging two hundred yards a game on the ground. Can they find an opening against Troy? I don't know. I'm with the other other two that it's going to be a low scoring game, and that opens up the door for weird things to happen. You know, one big special teams play or pick six or something can really change the tide. But, um, you know, I'm also kind of looking forward to this one, you know, maybe as a two and a half hour game with the way both these teams want to run the ball. And, you know, that's always fun. Well, is there a Shane, is there an advantage being at West point West point? I, I, I don't know the stadium very well for it, but from my understand, it's very small, very cozy. You got a passionate fan base there. Will that have any effect on Troy? I don't know. I mean, They've played in small, cozy, passionate fan base stadiums around the Sun Belt, right? I mean, it should be pretty used to that. All right, so I'm telling you this: even though there this isn't a full slate of Sun Belt games, there's some really good games being played this week, Week Seven in the Sun Belt. Here's another case in point: 6 p.m. ESPN two, Marshall four and one 
at Georgia State 4-1. The Panthers get that home field advantage one-point shrug from Vegas. Vegas pretty much saying we're not going to – we don't know who's going to win this game. I'm not sure who's going to win this game. Shane, tell us who's going to win this game. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm fairly high on Marshall, even after okay. a loss last week. I mean, uh -huh. I think they look like they can do things on offense. I think the defense is going to get it together at some point. And, you know, maybe it's built for containing a quarterback like Darren Granger, which I think is what you've got to do if you're going to slow down Georgia State. So, Tibbs, we talked about Darren Granger. Uh, Marshall has Cam Fancher on the other side, but it might be a battle of running backs. Marcus Carroll, nine TDs this year, second only to Blake Corum's nine, uh, also tied with Marshall's running back, Rasheen Ali, nine touchdowns. Is this going to be more of a running back battle than it is going to be a passing battle? I think it'll turn into that, but I think everybody wants to showcase their quarterback play with Darren Granger doing Darren Granger things and Fancher doing Fancher things. <laughs> I really like Georgia State in this game. Okay. And the reason fun. being is that the herd has a game next week against James Madison. We all know that no matter whether they're eligible, ineligible for the East title, everyone wants a piece of the Dukes. And Marshall wants their piece of the Dukes next week. I think they're actually looking a little ahead, and they're mm. going to get caught slipping in this Georgia State game. Wow, that would be rough. Do you agree with that, Kara? Is 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 Georgia State sort of, even though they're favorite, they're kind of the underdog in my opinion on this. Can they slip one past Marshall? I lean more than anything in this game i lean towards the over because i don't trust either defense but i think i lean a little bit more towards marshall at the end of the day and and not by a lot i feel like a convincing argument could sway me either way but i think for me it comes down to the fact that i just i just really really like rasheen ali and i think he's just going to continue to do to do big things and and i don't know how much georgia state is going to be able to slow him down um, and again, Marshall is is probably going to have some issues with Granger, so I, I don't. It's it's. I'm not saying this based on any faith whatsoever in either defense. I just I think I like Marshall's offense just a tiny bit more. Yeah, and here's the thing about that Marshall defense seemed like it was pretty stout until giving up 48 points to North Carolina State. Uh, that was a big surprise to us on the show that they would have surrendered so many points. I'm sure Georgia State's looking at that and saying, well, maybe we have an opening here. Last game, it, it's it's still a good game. You know, you, you, you look at the opponents. If you looked at these opponents at the beginning of the year, you might say, eh, it's kind of a, you know, like a not a great way to end the Sun Belt Week. But it is a great way to end the Sun Belt Week. 6 p.m. on ESPN Plus, our favorite station for Sunbelt football, ULM two and three at Texas State. Texas State, the Bobcats, a 16 point favorite. I believe that's even a bigger spread than against South Alabama last week. This Terry Bowden boys, they, they traded body blows with Appalachian State and looked pretty good. Then they get blown out like 53 to seven or 55 to seven by South Alabama, a South Alabama team. We have no idea what kind of team they are. They're good one week and terrible the next. 
Thibodeau, what what can we expect from these Warhawks? Are are, are they going to get it together for this game at Texas State in San Marcos? Bet the over, and I have no idea what ULM is going to do. Is is this the Warhawk team that we saw against Appalachian State? If so, I think that they can go to San Marcos and get a win. If this is the team that maybe played Lamar, that maybe played last week against South Alabama or at least dressed out against South Alabama, no way in hell TJ Finley shatters every record in the Sunbelt Conference record book. <laughs> I don't know which team you're going to get, though, but I, I definitely like the over in the game. I like uh, a lot of points being scored here because I don't think either side has a consistent defense that they can hold the other side in check. You know, Kara, that was kind of a probably a, uh, it was a hard loss for the Bobcats last week against Louisiana. They were winning most of the way. They kind of fell apart in the fourth quarter. The Cajuns' defense had a couple takeaways, had a blocked punt, ended up winning by less than a score. Is J, is JG Kenny going to learn from the experience, or do you think that the Texas State Bobcats, as young as they are, are a little bit rattled? I don't – I would not say that they are overall rattled, but I do think they are still very much working out the kinks. Because if you look at what they've done this season, you know, they go out, of course, they start with the win at Baylor, and everybody's super high on Texas State, and then – just don't play nearly that well against UTSA, their next FBS game. When they play Nevada, like they did not start well in that game at all. They almost let Southern Miss catch back up the following week. They did let the Raging Cajuns catch up the week after that. They're just they're just still kind of going through it a little bit. Clearly they have an offense that can hang with anybody, but they just haven't been able to make everything consistent across the board. Uh, that being said, you know, I, I, I don't think they're going to have any issues with, with ULM. ULM's stats are are fascinating to me. I was looking today. So they've scored 91 points this season, right? The Warhawks have. And 40 of them came in one game. Other than that, the, the other four games, they've scored a combined 51 points. And so I just, they they do not have the firepower to, to hang with the Bobcats. You know, and Tibbs had mentioned that earlier in the season. He, had, he, he was saying how the Warhawks, you know, so the defense on the Warhawks can be good. But his big complaint, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tibbs, it's just an inability to score points. Yeah, they just they don't know how to finish games. They don't know how to finish drives offensively. They can't move the ball. And as good as their defense is, and I've told you all that from when we were in New Orleans, even uh, way back when, Jeremy, yeah. This is a legit defense, mm-hmm. but with the offense being unable to extend anything beyond a series of three and outs, it doesn't matter how good your defense is. You're not going to be as good and effective a defense as you can be. Yeah, Red Wolves fans hear you and feel you, man. So let me ask you this, Shane. Is TJ Finley, is he a bit under the radar as in terms of being an elite quarterback, not just in the Sun Belt? But in all of college football, if the Sun Belt had a Heisman uh, Heisman candidate, would Finley be atop of that list? Possibly. I mean, I I agree with you about being under the radar as far as you know talking about the quarterbacks in the Sun Belt. I mean, he was as good as anybody to start the season. Takes that loss last week, you know, and he kind of he kind of owned it. I think mm. for the team, maybe more than he even deserved to. Um, which I think shows good leadership, but statistically he's there. 
He's electric to watch. I don't really know yet why he's not getting a little more attention other than maybe the fact that he's just uh, in Texas where, you know, of all the Sunbelt states, Texas is probably the one where they don't pay as much attention to the Sunbelt. <laughs> how, how bizarre. How horrible. That is a, that, what a, a, a strangely astute observation from Shane Metlin on that. Yes, you're probably right. There's so much football going on that Texas State does probably fly beneath that radar. But I do want to congratulate everybody on the segment because we have completed yet another successful edition of Second and Short. And now for your other favorite part, Jeremy. Oh, okay. Plugs, promos, and parting shots. We start I with you, Kara, where we give either a plug for something you have going on or something good in the world, a promo, kind of the same thing, or a parting shot where you can just go off on something you've seen, heard about, or whatever. I'm mad I didn't get to bring my ukulele. I offered. <laughs> Harper said that, you know, this show needed a band. I volunteered. Yeah. I could have brought a guitar. Like, I was ready to go. And I got shut down. I did. I, no, I joined the program at the last minute. Yeah. So stepped up to be a good a good friend a good colleague mm -hmm. league and uh and i just get denied right out of the gate it's been a very frustrating evening for yours truly you know what here's the thing too and i i do feel bad about that uh i don't like stifling creativity and that's exactly what we did but i made a producer's decision you know i got a little scared that maybe we were we're drifting too far away from a tried and true format and i admit it I lost my nerve, Kara. I got a little nervous. And maybe next time, maybe I'll learn from that experience. Uh, and we'll have the ukulele onto the show. I mean, maybe. If not, you can just do the same thing over and over again, run it up the middle, see how well that works for you. Oh, oh my God. The decision has been compared to running up the middle and losing two yards. That hurts so bad. <laughs> I, for one, am fine with anyone with any musical ability uh, showing it off on the show. It won't be me, though. <laughs> Please say guest and not uh, Jeremy, because he will break out the kazoo. Shane, tell us what do you have for your plug promo parting shot? Uh, I'll just do the regular plug for uh, you know dnronline.com slash sports. You can read about JMU and uh, the entire Sun Belt and uh, just check it out. Oh, we all do. I, I enjoyed your latest stuff from the DNR. It was nice. Good stuff. All right. Well, thank you. Oh, yeah. It was your Sunbelt Roundup. Very I was going to say, you were very vague on that. It made me think you didn't actually. <laughs> I was searching my memory, <laughs> rolling through that Rolodex, trying to remember what, what it was about. But yes, yes, it was good stuff. I'm just plugging the show. Uh, Funbelt PC on the X. Still weird saying that. Funbelt Podcast dot com to get to the believe network where you can find all of our back catalog episodes and then we have a youtube channel for fun belt podcast where you can actually see us make a mockery of journalism podcasting and the good old fun belt hey i'm gonna jump back in quickly sorry harper sure. i do i do want to throw out one plug uh yesterday on or i guess uh wednesday on the workday red zone we talked with a state men's basketball coach brian hodson uh, first year head coach, you know, it is about to be hoops season. So it's time to start having hoops conversations and thinking hoops thoughts and really enjoyed that chat. And everyone can find it right now at 95.3theticket.com. 
Yes. It's going to be time for hoops, and nobody's more excited than Shane Metlin. Is he back to talk to you yet, Jeremy? Uh, Yeah, he did talk to me. (laughs) I was sitting there drinking a beer at the last home game, kind of watching the practice or like the warm-ups, and Brian Hodgson walked past me. He was on his way to the field because he likes to hang out on the field before the game and talk with the players and with the coaches. And I said, how's it going, Brian? He looked at me drinking the beer. He said, I'll be monitoring your tweets tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Did you already make him mad? Uh, yeah, every now and then I'll kind of like, I take some liberties with some of his quotes and, uh, I guess I did. I don't take good notes. And so he will, he will direct message me and say, Hey, that's not what I said. (laughs) Sorry if I got that wrong. And then he kind of ignores me. So I don't know. I can't tell if he's mad at me or not. So I guess we'll see. (laughs) Jeremy, what do you have to, 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 to bring it home for this episode? (laughs) So on Hellraiser, uh, Red Wolves have their bye week. So this is the uh, halfway point of the season. Red Wolves are three and three. Uh, Some people thought they'd be better. Some people thought they'd be worse. You know, it's really kind of hard to say where the team is. I I have a few observations in an article titled Red Wolves are undefeated this season when when the team scores a touchdown and additional midseason observations. So, yes, anytime Arkansas State scores a touchdown, Arkansas State wins. When Arkansas State does not score a touchdown, we lose. So that is one observation. Uh, There are four more observations to take a look at. Check it out. I could use the clicks. I really do appreciate it. Thank you very much. I'm glad Kara's here. It kind of dissipated the uh, skunk funk that you bring, Jeremy. I know. Well, it it brings an air of legitimacy that Shane used to bring, but now we've got like a fresh air of legitimacy for Kara Ritchie. So I I feel really good about that. Nobody who has been listening to me talk this season thinks that there is anything legitimate going on. I've just been, I've not, I've not been in mid-season form this year by any stretch. Uh, You know, uh, you could have fooled me. No, I, no, it's, uh, I gotta, I gotta step my game up. You know, I did kind of shut my brain off for for the bye week, so I hope that everything made sense tonight. But <laughs> we'll. If not, if not, you're you're at the right place. All right, good. <laughs> <laughs>